Welcome to Me and the Geek. I'm me, Joel Sharpton. You can follow me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. And every week here at Me and the Geek, we talk to a different geek uh, for a peek into their world. We think that everyone's geeky about something, and we want to expose all the different uh, passions and excitements that uh, some of my friends and uh, people that I've met through the Internet have think it's always exciting to look into someone else's world and to hear that passion and excitement directly from them. This week, we're going back to my childhood in a lot of ways. One of the earliest things that I was geeky about was wrestling, professional wrestling. I'd watch it on TV with my grandfather. He was a big fan, too. And then we would go and see live events when they would come to the local Civic Center. And I got to see a wrestler. This is not just bread. This is a delicious M&S sliced loaf. Just one of our range that has been sliced from pound fifteen to 65p. Enriched with vitamin D and fiber, it's great for packed lunches. This is not just value. This is M&S value. Subject to availability, excludes franchise stores. Like Sting and Ric Flair, Lex Luger very early on. The WWF is the biggest uh, professional wrestling promotion, or was at the time. They're now the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. And even if you're not a wrestling head, or ever were, you might find something in this episode that you are going to be interested by. We're going to be talking to Nick Harrison. He's on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Professor. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, We met in college. He uh, was a graduate student at Louisiana Tech in the theater program while I was an undergraduate. And we went on work together in summer theater. Uh, Now we work together, as a matter of fact, in the radio business uh, with uh, the radio company that I work for in my day job. So this episode, we talk specifically about WrestleMania and some of his top moments from WrestleMania history, what's going on at this year's WrestleMania, which is actually just straight ahead of us uh, Sunday night, as a matter of fact. And then also we talk about the WWE Network, a new way that you can access all of this wrestling content, both from today and yesterday and the future as well. So without further ado, let's get to it. It's me and the geek. Joined this week by my brother from another mother, Nick Harrison. We're going to be talking about WrestleMania. Mania. Nick, how you doing, man? And welcome to the show. Joel, I'm happy to be here, man. And I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Like Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, we are back again and maybe we can do four of these just like they did four of these. There you go, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. I know there's, uh, there's at least, uh, what, three, four big events on the WWE calendar. They got an event, though, every month, don't they? We could do as many of these as we want. Yeah, they got a pay-per-view every month, but there are four Really big pay-per-views that they have every year. Uh, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and of course the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. So let's go back to the very beginnings, Nick. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, you're in my age, we're talking about up into our 30s now. If you're still following wrestling in your 30s, it's probably something that stuck with you as a kid. Who, who brought you into the squared circle? When I was a kid... I would go to my uncle's house. My uncle stayed right around the corner from me, and I would walk up to his house when I was, say, eight, nine years old to watch WCW. If you remember WCW, if you're from the South, of course you remember WCW because that was, you know, Ric Flair and Sting and Lex Luger and Van Vader and guys like that. You know, just the old school Southern wrestling, the Four Horsemen, Dusty Rhodes, and I would go to his house and watch wrestling every weekend. I would sit in the middle of the floor, 
uh, face almost pressed against the television uh, to watch my favorite wrestlers. And my favorite was Ric Flair, because I, as you can tell, I'm a very talkative person. And Ric Flair was the best talker of them all. So I, I would love to just sit in front of the television and watch him. You know, Sting was really good too, and Lex Luger as well. And it, it was just so much fun to watch and to sit with my uncle who, you know, my dad wasn't around at the time. So he was the guy uh, that really brought me into all of the wrestling. But my mom really just latched on with it. We would have wrestling matches uh, before I went to bed. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was a, a big part of my childhood. I was enthralled, pulled in by all of this stuff. And they would take me to the shows, live events at the Civic Center. And when they used to bring it into Grambling, like the independent stuff. So it was, that was a big part of my childhood. And uh, it just carried on to now and probably will carry on to later. What was your first experience with WrestleMania and the WWF in particular? God, if if we're going back, because at the time, you know, when I was young, my folks didn't have a whole lot of money. And I'm going to reach back a little bit here. And I don't know if you remember it, because I know we grew up around the same area. There is a place in Ruston, Louisiana, around the area where I grew up. It was an arcade named Extra Play in the middle of Ruston. It's gone now. But when I would go to, there were times where I would go to Extra Play and I would, you know, play video games and whatnot, but they had, you know, movie rentals, like VHS rentals. And they had just about every WrestleMania. And I had never really watched the WrestleMania before. I mean, I knew about it. I knew about, you know, Hogan slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3, you know, Mr. T at WrestleMania 1, the rock and wrestling movement back in the 80s, you know, with the early days of WrestleMania. But my first experience with a WrestleMania was WrestleMania 10. It was one that I really, really wanted to see. And there were a bunch of great matches on that card. But if you look back to WrestleMania 10, that was the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. And that, to me, was really, you know, it was something that you'd never really seen before. It was something new, something exciting, something that wrestling fans could really sink their teeth into. And me being a kid at the time, you know, popping that VHS in and then watching and then getting to the Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, Ramon match, I'm pretty positive that that WrestleMania was the first time I'd ever watched a wrestling match and then rewound it and watched it again. Everything that they were doing in this match, you know, just it was stuff that you had never seen before. Intercontinental Championship ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, two of the greats in our industry, really turned it to another level for me. So that was my first experience with the WrestleMania. And like, I, like I said, I, I'd seen the moments before the irresistible force meeting the immovable object you know, the, the million dollar man buying the world heavyweight championship. And I, I've seen and, you know, watched and heard about all of this stuff before. But WrestleMania 10 for me was that one moment where I, I, I watched I, I watched it and then I wanted to watch it again. And you talk about the, the VHS tapes. We're going to talk towards the end of this episode about the WWE Network and the way that 
Vince McMahon and his organization are looking forward to the future of of entertainment delivery, but they've always been forward thinking. They they were on VHS in a big bad way before a lot of other companies were packaging their back catalog of content and bringing in fans just like you described. You, you didn't have the money for the pay-per-views. You were missing out on their product and yet you were able to catch it on, on VHS and rentals. That's the way that I was introduced to a lot of those early matches as well. If you remember before they had like dirt sheets and the internet and all that stuff, you would hear about wrestlers, like underground wrestlers through tapes. Like guys would exchange tapes of, oh, you got to see this dude or you got to see that dude. He was oh, Vince McMahon. Every billionaire starts somewhere. I mean, he didn't just pop up one day. His daddy gave him the business and he's an instant billionaire. He was a visionary from the very beginnings, the, the, the early days of taking over the company from Vince McMahon Sr., and where the where the business is today can be attributed to him and his forward thinking and the things that he came up with and thought about, you know, back in the early days of professional wrestling. And one of those things was getting on VHS, getting in your homes in a couple of different avenues. He was at the forefront of home entertainment. That cannot be understated. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's one of the big reasons why he's still standing and none of these other promotions are or none of the major ones. You know, you think about ECW and WCW specifically as far as national promotions and, and franchises that had an opportunity and, and uh, now are rolled up in, in his media conglomerate. Let's let's talk, though, about for the average fan that's listening to this episode and doesn't follow wrestling, maybe has a general idea of what WrestleMania is, because how can you not? but they don't really know what it's about. I want you to talk about some of your top moments in WrestleMania history as far as you're concerned. And through that, let's sort of describe to these folks why WrestleMania is such a different animal entirely. You mentioned specifically the, the rock and wrestling connection way back in the day. The very first iteration of this thing, the idea was wrestling is not a mainstream experience. It should be. It can be. Normal people, quote unquote, would like our product. How do we get them interested in it? And the answer for Vince McMahon was, let's make a spectacle. Let's throw a three-ring circus. If you look back at that very first WrestleMania, you know, in the main event, you had Mr. T, a guy who had no business in a professional wrestling ring. Mr. T couldn't wrestle for crap, but he was a name. It was a spectacle. More so than it being, you know, a professional wrestling show, it was to be a spectacle. That's where sports entertainment was really born. And if you look back at moments in WrestleMania history, like Cindy Lauper leading Wendy Richter to the ring for her uh, women's championship match. If you look back at Mr. T in the main event, even, you know, lesser events like when Mr. T had a boxing match against Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 2. It wasn't the best thing in the world, but it put it put the butts in the seats. And it put eyes on the product. And I think at the very beginning, that's really what they were trying to do. They were trying to mix pop culture and sports entertainment and so one hand could wash the other. And we see the remnants of that now with guys like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's got Furious 7 coming out now. And he's one of the most bankable stars in the world. You got John Cena who had a movie career. Hell, even The Miz has made a movie or two. 
You, and you see John Cena's doing songs with Wiz Khalifa, Kid Rock performing at WrestleMania. Pop culture, sports entertainment, they go hand in hand now. But if you want like top moments for me, at the top of the list has to be Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. You know, Silverdome, Detroit, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Yeah, a gigantic moment for the sport yeah, specifically. It's, it's that was a huge moment because any everybody who was anybody wanted to see that. And it kind of took professional wrestling out of the smoky bars and closed circuit televisions and put it really at the forefront and into the mainstream. Because you had a star, a, a, a two bankable star, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in the ring together. Hulk Hogan has made plenty of movies. But if Andre the Giant hadn't died early in his life like he did, he would have been in a bunch of movies too. I mean, who hasn't seen The Princess Bride? Who doesn't love Fez? Exactly, and he's he's wonderful in that. Yeah. He's amazing, and you and you could you could have seen him in a dozen more films. You would imagine. I think I I, I may be wrong in this, but I believe the movie that Billy Crystal made with the basketball star, Me and the Giant. I believe the original idea for that script was an Andre the Giant movie. It was going to be Billy the Crystal and Andre the Giant, and then it got you know put back into production or sort of put back on the shelf when Andre passed away, rewritten years later for use. But I, I think he would have had a great career in Hollywood, and that was a moment where it's not about the outside spectacle. It's not about who we bring to the ring. We've brought the attention to the ring. Now look at what we can do. Hulk Hogan there at sort of the height of his powers, getting the torch passed to him in what was a great match from the aging superstar and the physical behemoth Andre the Giant. Great moment, absolutely. I think that's got to be at the top of the heap. Another moment that I think for me would go into the top five because of what it did for professional wrestling at the time was when Lawrence Taylor wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow. Now look, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match in the world, but you've got Lawrence Taylor and all these other NFL stars in a match at WrestleMania against a, a, a heavyweight, a guy who a fearsome competitor. I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow had tattoos of flames on his skull. <laughs> How is that not intimidating? You've got to put it up there just for the sheer fact of what it did for the sport of professional wrestling. It put eyes on the sport. And again, that's Vince McMahon's mind working to the point of, okay, let, let's see if this will work. Let's try this out. Since then, we've seen plenty of football players come into the WWE and other avenues and, you know, compete like Kevin Green. Kevin Green almost made a career out of it. You had Steve Mongo McMichael from the Chicago Bears, who was a regular commentator for WCW and then ended up becoming a four horseman. Are you looking at moments or matches? Because there are moments in their matches that just jump out at me yeah let's 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 move to a couple of the big matches uh on your list okay wrestlemania 25 i know i'm jumping way ahead here but wrestlemania 25 between Shawn michaels and the undertaker that's one of the greatest wrestling matches i've ever seen before in my life you talk about people who transcend the sport of professional wrestling the undertaker is a guy that 
people, uh, tons of people know about that don't even watch it. Like my mom knew who the, who the Undertaker was, and she didn't watch Diddly Squat in wrestling. You know, there were certain people that she knew because of, you know, the name. They transcend the sport. And there were a bunch of guys like that, and two of them are Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Uh, to give you an example, you know, I work for uh, the sports leader ESPN, as you know, and you, you've done a bunch of it as well. There's a This Is Sports Center commercial featuring The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Because these are two names, there are some guys who get so successful in professional wrestling that people will know who they are even if they don't watch. Your Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. These are guys who you can look at and say they really helped to advance the sport because they transcended it. And this match, if you've never seen it, I suggest you go back to WrestleMania 25 and watch. As a matter of fact, both matches between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at WrestleMania, I implore you, if you've never seen them, go back and watch them. Because they are some of the best in-ring action that you are ever going to see. It's amazing. And you got to go back. Undertaker's streak is full of great matches. And Shawn Michaels, of course, always puts on an amazing show, especially at WrestleMania. There's another moment featuring him, though, and I don't know if it's on your list, but I'll go ahead and mention it here. It's one of the ones that sticks out to me. It was very important to me at the time as I was heavily into wrestling, following it week to week. But it's also one of those moments that sticks out uh, over the course of WrestleMania as far as tying the mainstream attention to the sport again and bringing it back to the WWE and their product. I believe it was WrestleMania 14. I might be wrong on that, but it was at the height of Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event with Mike Tyson as the referee. The match was good, but the pre-match uh, nonsense between Mike Tyson as he supposedly joined the Generation X and then the after the match a blowout when he tapped or, or when he counted uh, the win for Steve Austin and then also punched uh, Shawn Michaels in the face. All of that, just wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. So what you're talking about here is two eras back-to-back because at the heart of it is the real ramping up of Degeneration X. My goodness. Uh, all of their tactics, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, just everything that they were doing at the time, you know, daring the censors to, to X them out, to block them out, to, to censor them. It was a sight to behold. It was a real golden age in professional wrestling. You know, not just the stuff between Degeneration X and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But at the time, that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon were having their feud as well. So you have these two things overlapping, and it was the real dawning of the Attitude Era in the WWE, or the WWF at the time. The Attitude Era, which you know people, you know wrestling fans, pine after now. Yet another one of those WrestleMania moments where you bring somebody from outside the sport into the arena of professional wrestling and say, hey, look at us. You bring in Mike Tyson, controversial figure as he is. He decides that he's going to join D-Generation X. Tyson makes all these appearances. They've got this big, they've got this huge press conference in New York and... 
you know, th this is uh, going to be a huge event for us. The match itself, to me, is a classic just on name alone. You've got Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a match where Shawn Michaels was getting ready to leave for a little while because he was having his back problems, didn't know if he was ever going to wrestle again. So this was his last match for a while. And, and it was a fun match to watch. It was the beginning of the Austin era in the WWF. And it really put a rocket ship up Stone Cold Steve Austin's behind and shot him into the stratosphere. And it, you can really attribute it to that and the moment, you know, I'm not, I know I'm stepping out of WrestleMania, but the moment at the King of the Ring where he said Austin 316 said, I just whooped your ass. I mean, that really put, that really put something into his career, but it was the match against Shawn Michaels at that WrestleMania that really did it for him. Well, and, and that's the perfect example of how WrestleMania can take what's already, uh, you know, rolling, what's already building on their regular weekly TV product and then magnify it, explode it to a whole new level. And and Vince McMahon has been great at that over the years. All right, your, your last couple of top moments uh, from WrestleMania over the history. A great moment for me. The match between Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to really look at that WrestleMania as one of the best WrestleManias of all time, but I look at it as one of the most important WrestleManias of all time. The, the WrestleMania where John Cena won his first World Heavyweight Championship, and it really put him on put him in the forefront as the face of the WWE. It's also the first WrestleMania where Dave Bautista, he won his first world championship at that WrestleMania. And that made him one of the big faces in the company as well. Both men have gone on to have extremely lucrative careers. It was the first money in the bank match at WrestleMania featuring guys who either are already in the hall of fame or are headed towards the hall of fame with edge, Christian, Chris Jericho, Kane, just all of these big name talents from the industry in this first ever match, you know, six man ladder match for a world championship contract down the line. It's a huge, huge moment for WrestleMania. Uh, and it, it really, because now it's its own pay-per-view. They don't even do it at WrestleMania anymore. The concept got so big, it's now its own pay-per-view. So it that, that was a big moment for the WWE specifically. If you move back one year to WrestleMania 20, the Battle of the Billionaires is a big moment. Donald Trump picks a wrestler. Vince McMahon picks a wrestler. Both guys go at it. Battle of the Billionaires. You know, Donald Trump and his, his relationship with Vince McMahon has always been extremely interesting, to say the least. And, you know, he'll make appearances on wrestling every now and then. And, you know, this was the culmination of a big thing where he was on television with WWE every now and then for weeks leading up to this event at WrestleMania 20. It, again, it just showed you where the big, you know, big talent outside of professional wrestling can come into the arena and bring eyes to the sport. One of the more lackluster WrestleManias of all time, especially the match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, which was absolutely horrific. <laughs> but it, it it had its moments that 
you know, you go back and say that was a WrestleMania moment. That's what I see every year, Nick, is is even in the down years, even when you think, okay, well, this is not going to be an all-time WrestleMania year, but still there's that moment that sticks out that people will be talking that will push storylines for a whole nother year or, or more that might uh, turn the whole company in a new direction. Absolutely. Uh, WrestleMania 28, uh, the end of an era. Another one of those matches where I had actually never seen the entire match in full until this past weekend. I was doing prep for, I actually do prep sometimes, but don't let the rumors fool me. <laughs> I was doing prep for this podcast, and I went back and watched that match from WrestleMania 28, Triple H and The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. They called it the end of an era. Because the three people who were the the main people in this match, Undertaker, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels and the special guest referee, you were never going to see them in the same wrestling ring at the same time again in those circumstances. It just wasn't going to happen. And they put on a... This is another match where I'm going to implore you, if you've never seen this match, go back and watch it. Just brutal action. Because Hell in a Cell is a brutal match anyway. But just brutal action between these guys. But it's not just that, but the theater between all three. You know, because Shawn Michaels and Triple H have a great relationship outside of the ring. They're best friends. Legit best friends in real life. And, you know, they bled that into the storyline. Did a little kayfabe. Bled that into the storyline. And the storyline surrounding the match, all the build-up to that match was outstanding. And then the match was the huge payoff, and it really delivered on all fronts. The action, the dramatics, all that happened. And then at the end of the match, they're all walking out arm-in-arm together, kind of holding each other up, battered, bruised, bloody, heading up the ramp, seemingly for the last hurrah seemingly for the last hurrah, but both Triple H and The Undertaker on this year's WrestleMania card, which shows you that even when you get old in wrestling, you're never really, you're never really done. until You're not done until they put you in the ground. Amen. There ain't no grave that can hold my body down. <laughs> it's, 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 so it was, it, it's, they called it the end of an era, which it really was because there is a youth movement now in the WWE. Let's let's move now to this year's event, and we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it. And frankly, if you're um, not an avid wrestling fan, if we just listed all the names and, and talked a little bit about the storylines, they might not make any sense to you. But what we can do is sort of highlight, you can give us uh, one or two of the top matches that you're excited about moving into this year's WrestleMania. First match that I want to talk about is the main event, because the main event to me isn't really the main event. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, if you, even if you're not really a fan of professional wrestling, you may remember the name Brock Lesnar as he is a former UFC World Heavyweight Champion. And it is a remarkable story. He left the WWE after being one of the youngest world champions in history, went to, uh, to chase a NFL career, didn't stick around there long, so he decides, okay, I'm going to go into the UFC. Goes into the UFC, loses his first match, and then proceeds to dominate in the UFC for a couple of years. Uh, and if it wasn't for a health problem, he would have stayed in mixed martial arts. 
he leaves, comes back to professional wrestling. He is now the one of the most dominant champions in the history of the company. And he goes into this WrestleMania looking like an absolute monster. Taking on a guy who is no slouch when, when it comes to looking like a monster and has been the point of a little bit of controversy in Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the new, young, fresh face that they want to push into the next era. Fans are mad because they say they're pushing Roman Reigns down our throat. I say leave the guy alone. He's doing what he needs to do. He's doing what he's been doing for a couple of years in the WWE now, and they just now want to complain because they feel like he's not ready for the main event, and they want it to be guys like Daniel Bryan. If you watch the event, you may see people boo the guy who's supposed to be the good guy, which is one of my favorite things about wrestling, is guys like John Cena and Roman Reigns, they're supposed to be the good guy, but fans will boo him out the gym because grown men don't like him. They think that the company is trying to push push them down the fan's throat because they they want they think they want to sell cups to kids or or some junk like that either way the guy's doing his job he's doing what he's supposed to do and i i think it's going to be an interesting dichotomy to see what they're going to do with this match because they've built brock lesnar up to look like an they call him the beast incarnate and that's exactly what he's looked like an absolute once upon a time, Nick, uh, if you wanted to get access to these pay-per-views, you had to buy them individually. You had to buy them through your cable company or your satellite provider, and they cost an arm and a leg. That's not the case anymore. This thing's gotten really, really affordable. It, tell folks the, the best way, in my opinion, to get these pay-per-views. The WWE Network, uh, which you can download to your phone, to your tablet, to your smart TV, to your Roku device. There are plenty to your gaming device. There are plenty of ways to get the WWE Network. And what it is, is a streaming library, kind of like Netflix for wrestling nerds. It's a streaming library of all of these different shows, original programming, pay-per-views, uh, live wrestling events, just tons and tons of stuff. And it's all $9.99. Now, when they first offered the network, it was $9.99 with a six-month six commitment up front. Now it's only $9.99 because I subscribed uh, myself about a month and a half ago. And it's one of the best investments that I've ever made. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, a couple of things that you can do with the WWE Network. Like you said, you can watch all of the pay-per-view. Uh, if you don't have the network and you just want to get the pay-per-view with your cable provider it's going to cost you an arm and a leg especially wrestlemania which for years in hd cost about 50 60 bucks yeah it's almost the same as getting the network for like five or six months paying one pay-per-view yeah and it's so much it's so much that you can get joel i i can't sing really i can't sing the praise of the wwe network enough and i'm gonna get killed for this but uh, i mean i love it there's so many things that you can do with the WWE Network. First and foremost, you can watch the pay-per-views. All of the pay-per-views streaming live to your mobile, your mobile, your phone, your tablet, any mobile device. I have a Roku player in my home that I have the WWE Network on, and I can just watch it in my room whenever you, in my bedroom whenever I want to. I can just lay on the bed, click the app, and go straight to the WWE Network. 
Uh, so you watch all the pay-per-views. Not just the live pay-per-views, but pretty much any pay-per-view that the WWE has ever done, you can go back and watch it. Every single WrestleMania, every SummerSlam, even one-offs like Capital Carnage. All of these pay-per-views you can go back and watch anytime you want to. Original programming. They have the uh, original reality show Legends House with all of these WWE legends living together in one room. It's kind of like uh, uh, that show that they used to have on VH1. All of the old celebrities living together in one house. That That's the same concept for Legends House. And you can go back and watch old episodes of Total Divas. NXT. NXT is my favorite part of the WWE Network, even more so than the pay-per-views. NXT is an original wrestling show that they put on with uh, their developmental wrestlers, their developmental talent, the guys from independent wrestling organizations that they signed to a developmental contract, and they put them at NXT so they can work out their character, work out their stuff. They have trainers down there. It's based out of Orlando, Florida. They have trainers down in Orlando that work with the developmental talent to get them ready to come on TV. And now some of your bigger named stars from NXT are now in main event matches at in the WWE. Case in point, Roman Reigns, who came from NXT, uh, came into the WWE with the Shield, and now he, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins, all former NXT guys, or FCW, which it was at a time before they moved on to NXT, now they're all in the WWE in huge matches. One of my favorite talents in NXT is a tag team known as Enzo Amore and uh, uh, Colin Cassidy. If you remember the New Age Outlaws and they had a whole spiel before they went into the ring, go look up Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy and you will love these guys. That's my favorite thing on the network is NXT. But you have all old episodes of Monday Nitro. You have Raw Backstage Pass, which is exclusive video stuff that you'll only get on the WWE Network. You have uh, the Raw pre-show. 30 minutes before Raw comes on on Monday, you have the Raw pre-show on the WWE Network that you can watch and get you ready for Monday Night Raw. It seems like to me, Nick, that the WWE Network is perfect for somebody like uh, maybe me that's been out of wrestling for a long time but would love to catch up on some of the things that he's missed or relive his childhood memories. Or it would be perfect for somebody like you that is such a gigantic wrestling geek. They want to know all the ins and outs and, and the backstage stuff. You get a lot of that and pretty much anybody in between. This is it's, it's an amazing entertainment package. It's a wrestling fan's dream because you have all of this old content streaming directly to whatever device you wanted to stream to. WrestleMania week, there'll be live shows on every day, getting ready for WrestleMania live from San Francisco. You know, you got the access shows, you got the WrestleMania pre-shows, you got the Hall of Fame on Saturday night and you have the red carpet for the Hall of Fame right before it. Just all of this different stuff and it's only $9.99 a month. That's legit because I have it and I know it. It's $9.99 a month and it's it's a wrestling fan's dream. 
and it's something you definitely want to have. I've got uh, links for the WWE Network in the show notes for this episode. You can check that out there. You can also check out uh, some clips. I'm going to have a couple of these matches that we've discussed, uh, YouTube links up for you, so you can check those out if you haven't. Before we let you go, and we will have you back on again, there's always uh, fun stuff to talk about in the wrestling world, and you've got your fingers in lots of other pies we can discuss too. But before we let you go today, Nick, first of all, thanks for, for joining the show, and tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter, especially Sunday night during WrestleMania, Monday nights during raw you're always live tweeting these events where can they find you you can find me on twitter at mr underscore professor at mr underscore professor uh, I, i've loved being on if you follow me on twitter just know that you're gonna get some buffalo bills news too uh, i'm sorry about that is what it is but i, I i've loved being on the show joel anytime i get a chance to sit down and talk to you is an absolute pre- pleasure I love you so much. I'm sitting in a Burger King parking lot doing doing your podcast. <laughs> that's that's commitment, man. And, and that that just shows the heart that I have for you, my friend, because you are my brother from another mother. And we, you know, there are stories that we could tell probably don't belong on this podcast. But I, it's been an absolute pleasure and absolute treat. And anytime you want me on. I'm more than awesome. Happy. We'll also have links for your show. You can catch Nick every week with a sports show. It's halftime with Nick Harrison, and I'll have links where you can find that uh, in online streaming availability as well. Thanks again for joining us, Nick. It's no problem, Joe. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you soon. I had a great time talking wrestling with my buddy Nick Harrison there, Mr. Underscore Professor. You can follow him on Twitter. There's links in the show notes. There's also links in the show notes for his sports show. Every Wednesday night, you can get a new episode of Halftime with Nick Harrison uh, from ESPN977.com. So check that out in the show notes as well. Uh, Next week on Me and the Geek, we've got a great guest. We're going to be talking to Chad Brooks. I promised you that episode, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, scheduling changed. We wanted to make sure and get this WrestleMania episode in time. But we're going to be talking to Chad Brooks about geeky preachers. He's a a pretty geeky preacher in his own right. We're going to be talking about the way that he's integrated social media into his content congregation and then his outreach into his community too. Fun stuff. That's all coming up next week. You can subscribe in iTunes on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, or just visit meandthegeekpod.com. Don't forget to rate us in iTunes and review us so that uh, somebody else can find us a little bit easier. Or you can email us too if you've got suggestions for future topics or you just want to feedback on something we've already covered. Me and the Geek at teamprocreate.com. Until next time, I'm me. That's Joel Sharpton. You can follow me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. This week's geek was Nick Harrison, and this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four. Me and the Geek is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a ProCreate production. ProCreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows, like Movie Buzzed. The Movie Buzzed podcast is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place for friends to get together, watch a good movie, and catch a good buzz. Every episode, your host, Zach, will be joined by a special guest or five to have some fun. Movie Buzzed is where you'll find your friends and a good buzz waiting for you. These fingers crossed, Paprika Burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. 
They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco. Joe loves doubles. Joe has a double-barrelled surname. He goes double Dutch on double dates, and on those dates he wears double denim. Joe sleeps with a double-down duvet by a double-glazed window and has two fancy cars which he stores in his double garage. So Joe did a double-take when he saw our new double quarter-pounder with cheese. Double lovers, get ready. The new McDonald's double quarter-pounder with cheese is here, but only until the 24th of September. So get there on the double. (laughs) Served after 10.30am, except in selected restaurants, which will serve this from 11am. Participating restaurants only. 